You're listening to Outnumber the Podcast, episode 202, Cultivating Thankfulness. We are so grateful to be here with you guys today, and we're going to be sharing our top five tips for cultivating more thankfulness in your day, and they include stop living in the gap, number two, start a gratitude practice, number three, try a week of no asking, only thanking, number four, find a chance to serve someone in need, and number five, ask yourself what a younger you would be grateful for today. Let's do it. Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Welcome to our episode all about thankfulness on this week of Thanksgiving. We're excited to be here with you guys. Um, Audrey, take us away with a great funny story. Oh, my goodness. I It's it's just kind of cute. It's not super funny, but my my kids, my younger kids like to sing while they're on the toilet. So I, I don't know. Like, whatever. <laughs> so I'm listening because this is the kids that are the age that I'm still wiping them. So I'm listening for them to call me for wiping, and I hear my my child singing, "Amazing Grace, how sweet I sing," and that's like the only lines she knows, and keeps repeating that, singing that over and over again. I'm like, "Well, there's confidence for you." That's so cute. I thought she was going to incorporate "Mom, Come Wipe Me" into a song, which you know that'd be pretty talented too. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It is the week of Thanksgiving. You're right. And we could all, like we're thinking about thankfulness, about being thankful, but we want to talk about ways that in the past we have um, added thankfulness to our lives and maybe ways that you might want to cultivate thankfulness in your future. Yes. And if you haven't already noticed, thankfulness is just kind of like magic. And you know, thankfulness is such a wonderful, beautiful concept. If you haven't yet noticed in your life, thankfulness is kind of the cure to everything. Kids being cranky, um, squabbles with your husband, anything that's going wrong, just incorporating more thankfulness can be a huge, huge, huge help. So we're going to work on this today. First question I want to ask you guys, can you imagine if your kids were constantly grateful for everything? If that was like the prevailing sentiment in their life. Can you imagine what life would look like? Just think about it for a second. People would be happy all the time. They would be expressing kindness and gratitude for each other. Seriously, it's hard to fight with somebody when you're grateful for them, right? They would just accept life as it is. They wouldn't be worrying about what's going to happen in a week or wanting to go back to the vacation last month. They would just enjoy everything they have, including the delicious meals you make for them every day. Anyway, it's just kind of a, you know, a utopian thought, but I love it. <laughs> it makes me so happy to think about it. Uh, well, as somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, that would be like, I would feel very loved if my kids were thankful mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But here's the thing. Kids like aren't constantly grateful. <laughs> None of us are, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. We're not either. But um, the the truth of the matter is maybe our kids aren't more thankful because we're not very thankful. (laughs) Kids don't generally emulate characteristics they don't see. Like 
how would they learn that? So Mm -hmm. it does, sorry, it does start with us. Like if we want our kids, our family to be more thankful, it's got to start right here with good old number one. Yes. Yeah. So in this episode, we're going to share five ways we can be a great example of cultivating thankfulness in our own life and create more joy and containment, at least, you know, in our own mind, if it's not, if there's not anything else going on around us, the thankfulness, we're going to share um, what thankfulness has done for us. Yeah, totally. Okay. So the first concept I want to explain um, comes from a book called The Gap and the Gain. And I started reading this recently and it has been really, really mind blowing, especially for people who tend to lean on the perfectionist side of things, which we've already discovered is one of Audrey's issues, right? (laughs) I think we all struggle with this. I know. You explained this concept to me and I was like, yeah, Bonnie, that's not possible. So... (laughs) We'll just go ahead and move on. (laughs) It's a really awesome concept. Just to explain it really quickly, uh, many of us try to live our life in the area of lack, right? Like where we have this ideal that we want to get to and we are constantly looking at how we are not succeeding in getting there. We're always looking up to the perfectionist ideal in our mind and thinking, that's where I want to get to. That's where I want to get to. So it always feels like our life is lacking something. Instead, the author recommends looking backwards and seeing how far we've come. And so the gap is where you're looking forward, constantly wanting to go to this perfectionist ideal that is never going to happen instead of looking back at the gain that you've already, you've already accomplished. So that's kind of what I want to start with is ask yourself, are you living in the gap? Is there a lot of your life where you're constantly measuring up to an impossible ideal. Or maybe you don't even think it's impossible, but it's not happening, so it's making you unhappy, right? How often does that happen? As, I, as I'm listening to the book, I'm thinking, yep, I do it there and there and there. And in fact, the author himself actually admitted, even after all his studying and his trying hard to focus on the gain in his life, he still struggles with it. He's like, oh, no more than about four or five times a day. (laughs) So it's totally human nature to focus on the lack, but our lives are so blessed to focus on where we've come from and how, how far we've accomplished, how much we've accomplished so far can be a game changer. Hope hope that makes sense. Yeah. And it does make sense because here's the thing. It doesn't change anything except the way that we think and therefore feel about things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it doesn't change how much we've accomplished or how much we want to accomplish or how close we've gotten to our goals or how much we've gained or how much we're lacking. It just changes the way that we feel about it, what our focus is on. So that's, that's a really um, powerful thing. There's a difference between goals and ideals, like the ideal, the perfection. It's not ever meant to or possible to be achieved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the difference between improvement and perfection. Improvement is attainable. We we can do that. We should do Mm -hmm. that. But perfection, um, not going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the reason you can never get that ideal in your head is because the the goalpost keeps moving, right? You think, well, if I could only, I don't know, start working out, if I could, if I could work out three days a week, that would be awesome. And you get there and you're like, well, three days is like 
not even half the week. I really need to do five or six, right? So you're constantly pushing yourself forward, which you would think would be a good thing. But what it really means is that you're never satisfied with how far you've come and and the blessings and accomplishments you do have in your life. So I just want to share one quick little story from the book because it was so fascinating to me. There was a world-class speed skater who had won tons of medals and been to the Olympics multiple times, but hadn't yet snagged an Olympic gold. And he found himself so frustrated after his favorite events coming in second, third, whatever, thinking, well, I guess I'm not going to get an Olympic gold. This is my last Olympic games. And so he went into his last race, which was actually one of his poorest races. He, he didn't do very well in this one generally with the mindset of gratitude. He just thought this is my last race in the Olympics. How amazing that I made it here. And he shifted his, his, his entire perspective just for this race only to think of all the blessings that skating had brought to him, all the people he met, all the coaches that had devoted so much time and effort into him. And he said he just skated with the biggest smile he'd ever had on his face and was so happy for that race. And he won gold. So if you're thinking, well, that sounds all great and happy, but I, I, I want to push myself. That's how you push yourself is by focusing on the gratitude. I, I thought that was just mind blowing. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. And that's how we can win that hypothetical gold. <laughs> like yeah. We win every situation is by feeling thankful about it. So um, second, uh, so the first thing is use our mind, right? <laughs> and the second um, is to start an actual physical gratitude practice and keep a record. Um, keep it on your phone. You probably always have it handy. Keep it on paper. Um, it'd be fun to display it somewhere, something. Here is what I um, have done is I have a gratitude journal that I um, keep at night. And before I crawl into bed at night, um, I write five things down in this journal at the end of every single day. And uh, it's it's a gratitude practice. So it's just a little place in like, I always go to bed at night. <laughs> so it was a little place I could hook it on. Yes, I always, so right before I go to bed, when I'm doing my nightly devotions, I'm going to include um, gratitude, my writing down the five things in the journal. So find something that you always do and hook it to that. Yes, I love that. I love that. So one of my favorite things to do with my family is a big gratitude sheet. So I'm sure you probably know or have know someone who does this or have tried this yourself, but we just get a giant piece of butcher paper and we put it up on our wall. We like to do this around Thanksgiving time because it's a good time to, to reflect, right? And I allow my children to write down things they're gratitude, they're grateful for all month long. In fact, if you can, like Audrey says, hook it to something you're already doing. So like dinner time is a great time. Um, even if you just do it once a week. So maybe Sunday dinner, that's the time you all get out your markers and write down things you're grateful for. You help the little ones write down their own thing. But getting in that practice as a family is a beautiful thing. And it helps your kids to shift their perspective from want, 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 especially before the holidays. If you're you know, planning on buying a bunch of presents for Christmas, they're already in that mindset of what do I want? What do I want? instead to focus on the things and the people that they have in their life. Uh, I personally also have a gratitude journal. Mine is very specifically for uh, blessings I've seen come directly from God. So kind of like miracles and, and things where I kind of see God's hand in my life. And that has been mind blowing because anytime I think I want to feel sorry for myself or I'm feeling like ho-hum, my life is so hard. I open that thing and I'm like, oh, nope, actually look at this. Everywhere I go, things happen, you know, and God puts these little miracles or wonderful blessings in my life. And that has been really, really helpful for me to do. I don't write in it every day. Usually just when something kind of pops up and I think, I want to remember this, I, I jot it down. It's, it's been wonderful. 
that is really, really a neat thing to keep track of. Um, I heard one lady say one time, I should write a book of about everything that God has done for me. And so that's what you're doing. You're writing a book. <laughs> so I want to talk about um, why I started my gratitude journal. I actually didn't call it a gratitude journal. I called it a positivity journal. And this was, um, I know I shared this with our Patreon fans in the past, but um, I found myself in a place in my life where I was um, an, in an extremely negative mindset loop. And so I wanted to know if it was possible to physically change physically, I don't know. Yes. Physically change the way that my mind worked. And if it was possible, I knew that the, a, a good thing to do, a good way to do this was through thankfulness. And so, um, I decided to like at a, at a very low point, I just decided I'm going to write down five things every day that are either positive about, um, myself, about my kids, about my family, something that made me feel good, something that um, was a spiritual blessing, something I was thankful for, um, because I wanted to change the way that my mind was working. And I didn't know mm -hmm. if it was possible, but I but I wanted to. Um, and so I thought, well, you know, at least at the end of the day, maybe I can't change my whole brain through the day, but at the end of the day, I can at least end the day with thankfulness. And so um, I started this and it really, really worked. It really did change my mind through the entire day because what happened was I knew that at the end of the day, I was going to be with an open journal in front of me thinking back on the day and I was going to be like, what are you going to write? What are you going to write? <laughs> mm -hmm. Did you have any positive thoughts today? Did, were you thankful? Did you smile? You know, did you feel something burning in your heart today? You know, that kind of thing. And so it started to affect the way I thought and the way I felt through the day. And mm -hmm. so then something would happen. I'd be like, oh, that was a cute little thing my kid did. That made me laugh and smile. Or that was a really fun interaction with my teenager. I can write that down in my journal through the day. And so then an experience would come up. And I'd be like, well, I can think negative about this or I can think positive about this. This mm -hmm. could be something I could write down at the end of the day. So it did start to actually change my thoughts on my way of thinking. And I've, I think I'm on year three now wow. of this positivity gratitude practice. And it is it is amazing. I really do encourage it for, for anybody who's struggling with um, negative self-talk, um, negative body image, negative just a negative mental outset. That's amazing. And I totally see how that would work, how you can't go through your day being Eeyore if you know that at the end of the day, you have to write down what you're grateful for. You have to constantly be looking for it, right? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wonder just how creative you have to get some days <laughs> when things are hard. Are there some right. days where you're like, I know, mm, I know, I'm I know. Grateful. The sun came up. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. And you know, some, some days um, I can only write three. Like mm. it's been an amazingly incredible day, difficult. <laughs> and yeah. I could only write three, but I wrote three things down, mm -hmm. right? There was at you, least You still things. ended on that note. Just think how powerful that is when it comes to communicating your thankfulness, like in prayer or to your friends and family, how much more grateful or how much easier it is to like bless your life or for your friends and family to want to do kind things for you when you're so grateful, right? Everybody wants to do things for a grateful person because they, you know, they are grateful for it. I just love that. That's great. Okay. So tip number three, this is a challenge that is really, really fun to try. Try a week of not 
asking for anything, only showing thankfulness. Now, this can be very tricky when you have small children that need to be asked incessantly to do things. So you could maybe say, oh, I'll, you know, I'll ask twice or something or or only do it with your big kids or whatever. But um, the reason I started this was I started it in prayer. I started deciding that I was going to do a whole week or I may have even done a month at one point of of not asking for anything in prayer, but only giving thanks. And that was a really mind-blowing practice as well, because it had me focusing on all the things that I already had. And did I want more things? And did I need more things? Maybe, but I wasn't focusing on that for a long, long time. And it, it really helped shift my thoughts as well. Yeah, that is, that is true. I, I think maybe I might be able to challenge my family to try a day. Yeah, right. Start with a day. See how that goes. Yeah. (laughs) So like, for example, if you needed a kid to empty the dishwasher, you could say, thank you for emptying the dishwasher after lunch. I really appreciated Mm -hmm. that. And they'd be like, oh, oh, and and it's time to do it again. And they were like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Or or even something like, I love it when you do your chores without being asked. (laughs) You know, it's a very loving way of reminding this is your responsibility. Right. You know, again, it right. doesn't work as well with the five-year-olds, but uh, yeah. hopefully the 12-year-olds could do a better job. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Prayer is a great place to start because that's working on ourself first. Um, so expressing gratitude and prayer, being thankful. And here's something um, that I did one time for about a week with prayer is um, I prayed without using words. Mm. So this sounds really um, weird. And it was really weird. Like I didn't know if I was being disrespectful, but the thing that I wanted was to be intensely respectful. And I felt like words can sometimes get in the way. Mm. Like I have words to use. So if I didn't have, or I wasn't going to use words for a week in prayer, how could I communicate with a heavenly being? And Mm -hmm. it did, like, when you are thankful, you feel something. Mm -hmm. So then you have to share that feeling with your spiritual creator, right? Mm -hmm. And so that that was really an eye-opening thing to me. And it made me, like, it really made added depth to my prayer because I didn't have words to rely on. I I, I mean, I think sometimes words are almost like a crutch for me because I have Mm -hmm. them and I can use them, right? And another thing that um, is a way that I pray sometimes is um, in sign language, because that is a language that I have. And so then um, it's, again, without using words, but it's like a a different, um, it's almost like a different medium. So like if you were an Mm -hmm. artist and you always paint with paints, well, then try working with clay for a little bit. And and it's a, a way of like working on your your skill or your like changing a little part of your brain to by by doing something different. So anyway, that just all that to say is that um, I really encourage thankfulness and prayer as a starting point because that's where it has to start to go into other places in your life. Mm, yeah. Oh, that what a neat concept to just share emotion, you know, to just share emotion with God through prayer. That's really cool. Another thought I had about that was, um, Oh, interesting that you're talking about sharing uh, your thoughts and feelings through sign language. I was actually just having a conversation with someone about this at church. So uh, kids who go on mission trips for our church very often go to foreign languages and you have to learn foreign languages, foreign countries, and you have to learn a foreign language. And I thought it was so interesting that what that does is it makes 
everything slow down and get simplified, right? You can't talk complicated concepts in a language you just learned. You get really, you have to boil down the essence of what you're trying to say into something very simple. I don't know if this has happened to you with sign language as well, but what it, it does, does is it, it makes you think and it makes you slow down and it makes you really have to understand what you're saying. And um, I might have to try that in a foreign language as well too, because I, I'm a little out of practice. And just to, instead of kind of regurgitating the same old rote stuff that you say in prayer. And this could go similarly for teaching kids. I mean, you might not want to teach your child in a language they don't understand, but to try to do things in a much simpler, more essential way, if that makes sense at all. But I love, I love trying that for prayer. That's cool. Okay. Moving on to number four, um, find a chance to serve someone in need. So one way to instantly give a huge boost to your own thankfulness is to help someone who has less than you, or um, maybe they're missing a limb. Okay. So then you're thankful that you have both arms, both hands, both legs. Um, maybe they don't have a home. Man, that makes you thankful for your home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe their home is not the same cleanliness level as yours. That makes you really thankful for, you know, your kids pitching it and helping you keep it up to your or closer to your standard. Um, maybe uh, maybe someone doesn't have as much food as you have. Mm -hmm. Makes you pretty thankful for the food that you have. And um, these kind of things linger in your mind. They have serving someone else who is more needy than you has a lingering effect on your thankfulness level. Yes, totally. Um, and a, a few other ideas for people to reach out to. Very often we think about going out into our community, but sometimes we just need to stay close and, and to be involved in our neighbors and our friends and our families' lives to understand when they are suffering. So uh, maybe someone is sick or injured, you know, uh, like having a cold. It's not the end of the world, but it can be really frustrating and annoying, especially if you need to take a long nap and your kids are being crazy. Maybe you could come in and take the kids to the park while that mom got a nap. Um, maybe you know someone who's missing someone or is grieving the loss of somebody in their life. Maybe they just need someone to talk to or they need an excuse to go for a walk in the sunshine to feel a little bit better or someone who's really, really frustrated or depressed or suffering due to some um, bad news in their life. There's always meals. There's always helping with kids. There's taking a dog on a walk. Anything you can do to lighten their load can be a really, really amazing way to feel more gratitude in your own life too. Yep. Um, you know, food, shelter, clothing, <laughs> the basic mm -hmm. needs that we can mm -hmm. kind of take for, um, for granted. So you can look at those basic needs and then look, um, around you, reach out into the community. I guarantee you that in your community, there is an organization that is serving needy. Um, see what the needs are around you. Just start listening. <laughs> yeah. Start listening. And a lot of people, because we're not, um, by nature, thankful, full of gratitude that people will express their needs all the time. So if there's a, a homeless shelter, um, call them, see if they need something. Is there a drop-off time? You know, find out the things. Um, serve a meal to the homeless or the needy. Give back in another way. There's there's really a lot of ways to give back and to um, reach out and help somebody else. And, um, and another, another side of this is... Um, allow somebody to serve you. That is kind of the other side of the same coin. 
Um, it's sometimes I know we've talked about this as young, as young, overwhelmed moms in the past. It's really hard to accept help because it seems like you're not enough or you're not doing enough. But really, um, it is just a way to experience thankfulness yourself. And then someone else can experience thankfulness as well um, for what they have. And then you can experience thankfulness for someone else's help. Um, it, I mean, speaking from experience, it is very hard to accept help, but um, it allows someone else a chance to build thankfulness and you will, you will get it too. Like there's no way to be touched by someone and not be touched yourself. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, as a, as a busy mom of a bunch of kids, I don't have a lot of opportunity to go serve out in the community. Not like when I was single or had more time on my hands. And so recently my husband and I got to go serve at a men's shelter and it was just serving dinner. It was like the simplest service opportunity I'd ever done. We just collected food from some uh, members of our congregation that had made it. We took it to the shelter and I think it took us an hour and a half to just serve all these guys that came in for dinner. And I just, it was the simplest thing. Did not take hardly any effort for me, a little bit of time away from my kids, which at dinner time I'm actually kind of really grateful to have. And so, and they were all the kindest men and so friendly and so grateful for us being there, just putting lasagna on their plates. Like it was like it was any work for us. But I, it was just such a great reminder of how blessed my life is and how much more I need to get out of my own little bubble and go serve somebody else, even in a really, really simple capacity like that, like standing there, right? Um, if you're looking for opportunities to get out of your house and do that, justserve.org is my favorite place to go. It's got opportunities to serve in every area in the country, maybe, maybe even in Canada as well. Um, so go, you just go put in your city and state in there and it will show you all kinds of opportunities. really easy to to hop on one and, and help somebody out. Okay. That's a good resource to know about. Um, because, uh, if you live in a smaller town or a more rural area, like we do, the, like you might have to go a little farther. Okay. Moving on to number five, you've heard me talk a lot on this podcast about 20 year vision. Okay. And looking forward, but this one involves some looking backward, kind of like you were talking about, um, looking at the gain. So ask yourself what a younger you, oh, maybe 10 years ago, would be blown away by today. What do you have today that you were praying for 10 years ago or that like you never imagined would be possible? It's like I talked about in our episode on um, self-reliance about planting fruit trees. Like it took a long time to get fruit on our fruit trees, but now we're so thankful that we planted fruit trees all that many years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So a few examples from my own life that I try to think about often when I'm feeling frustrated with life, but I just want that, that comfort of gratitude, right? Is that, um, I have all my babies here and healthy and happy. And, um, that's not the case for every family, but it, it is for us. And I'm so grateful for that. Uh, we have a home that we had been praying and looking for, for a long time, one with a larger yard where my kids can go play outside and be safe, not in the street all the time, which they used to do in our old house. Don't judge. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for having big kids around. There were so many years where I was just telling my husband the other night, there was at least six years where I did not leave my house unless I had six kids in tow, six to eight kids in tow, or I hired a babysitter there. I, I didn't go grocery shopping. I didn't go to target. I didn't drop off library books. I didn't go anywhere unless they were all with me or I was paying someone to watch them. Like that was a hard phase of life and that is not my lot anymore. And I'm really grateful for that. So Think about yourself too. I mean, even if you're still in a really hard phase of life, guaranteed there's something that you were praying for or really, really wishing for back then that you have now. And, and you can be grateful for that. 
yes, that is, that is a really, really good thing to do. Um, some examples that we are really thankful for is, um, okay, so we rented and didn't ha own a home for the first more than 10 years of our marriage. And so owning a home was like amazing. <laughs> and I remember, um, our third rental home that we had, um, I remember, so the one before that we didn't have um, a dishwasher and we didn't have a washing machine and dryer. Um, so we washed all the dishes by hand and we went to the laundromat. And I remember sitting in this next rental and we had a dishwasher and we had a washer and dryer. And I remember sitting in at the dining room table, listening to all these machines running. And I was like, I feel like a queen. Listen to all these machines working for me. <laughs> uh, just like, um, and I was looking back like just on a couple months earlier when I didn't have those things. And I was so mm -hmm, thankful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But having a home on this, you know, this place that I've talked about on past episodes where we have animals and we're raising our kids through the way that we always wanted to raise our kids in the country and um, with animals and all that is something that we're really thankful for that we wanted for a long time. Um, <clears throat> really thankful for adult children and relationships with adult children that I always wanted, I always hoped for, um, and just really, really beautiful blessings in that for my relationships with my teenagers that are so awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm really thankful for that. And my husband and I talk all the time about the blessing of a big family and how we didn't plan it and we didn't know it would be like this, but it is so amazing and so awesome. Um, for homeschooling and being able to homeschool, I think like every day, wake up and read the news or read the headlines. And I'm just so thankful to be homeschooling that we made that choice um, so many years ago and that we get to do that with our kids. I'm even more thankful. Um, you know, there's the concept of the a rainbow baby. And you know, that's a baby that's born after the loss of a baby. We have several, we have four rainbow babies. And it's really like, there's just something behind the thankfulness of having a baby after losing one that you just like, you're so thankful for, for that child. And, um, that is such a blessing. So there's so like, so there's so many things when you start looking, um, around you and, and back <laughs> that mm -hmm. you can be thankful for. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you mentioned the the loss and being able to have a baby after that because it it leads us into one last bonus tip I want to share with you guys and that is looking at the hard parts, the dark spots in our life and finding the gratitude in those. So that can be one of the biggest blessings in our life to have that capacity to look at the hard things and pull out the good. So this is another great exercise to do. Look at the last maybe two or three really hard things you've gone through. Maybe it was a loss, maybe it was watching someone you love suffer, um, and pull out the wonderfulness from that. So a few examples that I've seen in the lives of people I love or my own life, um, a, a loss, a death, being able to celebrate that life is, is a beautiful, beautiful blessing. Uh, there's this wonderful quote I love that says, in order to take the only way to take the sting out of death is to take the joy out of life. We'll always miss the people that we love the most. So to celebrate that life, huge blessing, right? Um, having a kid who causes trouble, right? We have a troublemakers episode. <laughs> Being grateful that they're in your life, right? One of my little troublemakers was in the hospital once years ago. And I remember sitting by that bedside just thinking, I am so grateful for you and all of the trouble that you cause. I would never want you out of my life, right? Um, and then finally, what about short on money? We're, we all like to have money woes, right? 
But what a great opportunity to be humble, be more thankful for the things that we do have instead of constantly chasing that next want. So uh, just a twist on gratitude and finding the good in those dark spots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are some pretty tragic losses and hard, you know, dark things in my past, but I also have seen how those things, um, I'll just refer to one of them here. Like, so I lost my father, um, to death. He died when I was in my early twenties. And that is something that I never, never, never would have chosen, Mm -hmm. but there's been a lot of blessings from that. And one of them is that, um, my own relationship with my spouse has been very, very sweet, um, because, he helped me through that time when I was so young and we were just freshly married and I'd lost my dad through this tragic accident. But also it had, it put at the very forefront of both of our minds that relationships don't necessarily last forever. Like one, one of us could die. And Mm -hmm. so um, that really added a sweetness to our relationship that um, wouldn't possibly have been there if we hadn't have gone through that loss together. So anyway, um, we can even look at super hard things and find, find things to be thankful about. So, um, I just encourage you guys, my, my thought here is that I really, really have seen the blessings and the benefits of changing your brain (laughs) by using thankfulness. And it is, um, it is something that you can do and it's not even that hard. I mean, like think about the time that it took me to write down five sentences in the evening, not even 10 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. So in 10 Mm -hmm. minutes a day, I could change my brain and I could add so much blessing and thankfulness to my life. And it's, it's really been worth it. And I, I really want that for you too. If you're, if you're struggling with thankfulness, if you're thinking about thankfulness and just want to add a little bit more thankfulness, we hope that one of these things that we have shared today is something that you can add to your life too. Yes, same. I have also seen major changes in the way my my mind works. My sweet husband likes to share only when I ask uh, that I used to have some issues with complaining when we first got married, that I saw the bad in a lot of things. Um, and through his help, through working on myself, life coaching, a lot of different things, gratitude practices, uh, reading scripture, I have learned to see the good. And I am so grateful for that blessing. It has totally changed my life to be able to wake up every morning and see the things that I've been blessed with. And it makes my life so much more worth living. Uh, so I hope you guys take that this opportunity to focus on the things you're thankful for, not just this week, but every week of the year. Uh, we are so thankful for you guys for listening and hanging around even through our imperfect uh, podcast, but we sure love you guys and have a great week. That's it for this week's episode. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. And we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. It is the solution to all the problems, you know, world peace, um, cranky children, whatever it is. Go find, go find children Toby, please. Call you in the background while you're trying to oh podcast. My gosh. Go find Toby, please. He promised me he'd take care of him.